Thanks for joining us on the Lex City Church Podcast. We would love to connect with you and help you take the next step at Lex City. So head to lexcity.church and click on Next Steps. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. The words that we say and the words that we hear have the power to shape our entire life. And the words that we say have the power to shape the lives of those that are around us. That's why this next four weeks on this series is really gonna be so important because it has generational impact on the things that we do. The Apostle Paul understood this thousands of years ago in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. He writes it this way. When he talks about the words that he says, says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for the building others up according, here's the key, to their needs that it may be benefit those who listen to their needs. See, this was the problem of the father in the video, right? As a child, he had needs that he needed, words that he needed spoken to his life, and his father didn't do that. Challenge is that generational thing continues on, and now when the boy is a father, his own son needs some words spoken into his life, and he fails to do that, and the cycle continues. The goal for us during this series is really to help us to become men and women who understand the needs of others and the ability to speak the words of promise and hope and destiny into their lives during those key moments. And so what we're gonna see during this series is this. I'm not, the goal is not to give you new vocabulary. The, work, the goal is really to do this, to see your heart transformed into a spirit-filled life. I mean, this is the key. In Luke chapter six, verse 45, here's the power. It says this, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Here's the key. What you say flows from what is in your heart. The goal of this series is not behavior modification. The goal of this series is heart transformation. Because in that is where the power and the truth happens. Now listen, during this series, we're gonna have a blast. We're gonna have a lot of fun. You're gonna laugh. There'll be joyful moments. We'll kid each other's temperaments. We'll have a great time there. But listen, there's also gonna be days and moments that we're gonna cut to the core of really who we are and the core of how we view ourselves. And in those moments, can I just encourage you to do the work, to let yourself go there in honest reflection to say, God, what is it in me? Where do I have blind spots? Because I wanna remind you again, what is at stake is so important. This has generational impact. Some of you will break cycles that you have from your parents to the next generation because you have a greater understanding of who you are and how God uniquely made you in a powerful way. And so that's where we're gonna be heading. So again, I wanna encourage you, don't miss any of these four weeks. They're all gonna build on that. And so let me give you some ways just to leverage our time together. First one, if you go to lexcity.info, you'll see there a big button for the assessment. Uh, we already have over 1,300 folks that have taken this assessment. It's just quick, easy. It takes a few moments there, and you can go through and take that assessment. Uh, there's places a little lower on that page. If you want to help even how do I learn my temperaments of my children, there's ways to do that. If all of this intrigues you and you're like, I'd like to go deeper on this, can I invite you? We're starting a grow group on Thursday nights just for a few weeks. It's going to be exactly on this topic. And again, you can find that on lexcity.info. When you come in, you'll see already we've got four stations set up. Uh, you can go and find your colors, be with your people and your tribe. Uh, greens, we can sit together in isolation, but still in community. It'll be a wonderful thing. Uh, there's a little task for you to do each week. You can enter your name in a drawing. At the end of the series, we're going to give out a prize specific to each temperament. And so that's going to be an awesome way to do that. If you also, just to have a little fun, if you want to wear your color, 
for the next three weeks. That would be great. That way, us greens can know what temperament you are without actually having to have a conversation. That would be a gift, all right? That would be a gift to me if you would do that. So that's kind of where we're heading, uh, but it's going to be an amazing time. When we think about temperaments, if you're, many of you are like me, when I begin to look at the temperaments and I begin to look at the other gifts and strengths of all the other temperaments, there's something in me that begins to wish I was somebody different. See, I'm an introvert who wishes I was more like a yellow and much more of an extrovert. Uh, I'm a people pleaser who wishes I was more direct like a red. I wish I had the self-discipline of a blue. I find myself being a green living in a colored world. Do you ever feel those kind of experiences that we have? But here's what I found to be true in my life, and I know it will be true in yours. Until you come to a point of peace, of accepting and embracing who God has uniquely meant and created you to be, you will never reach your full potential in the Lord. See, God made me a green, not because that was my first choice, because it was his choice for his purpose and his glory. God created you, who he wants you to be, not for your pleasure, but for his glory. If you can just let that truth sink in, it's a game changer. God created you wonderfully for that purpose and that pleasure, and we're gonna see that a few times over and over this morning because what I know the challenge is this. If I spend my entire life wishing I was somebody else, I'll miss out on the power of me and who God has uniquely made me in such a way. In the Old Testament, there's a king, first king of Israel, who struggled with this very thing who spent his whole life comparing to others that he missed out on the blessing of God on his life into the power that it could have been. And so that's what we wanna look a little bit at this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would turn me the book of 1 Samuel chapter 19, if you got your phones, again, go to lexcity.info. All the sermon notes are there. And let's take a look at this king and the struggle he had. Now, some of you may have already guessed the king we're gonna look at was the very first king of the nation of Israel and his name was Saul. And let's pick up his story in 1 Samuel chapter 9. There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abiel, the son of Zeor, the son of Barakath, the son of Aphia from the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. Who was this Saul? He was handsome. Not only was he handsome, the Bible says he was the most handsome man in all of Israel. Not only was he handsome, he was tall. He head and shoulders above everybody else. This dude was the total package. He's the bachelor. I mean, this is he's living a dream as it goes. Now listen, you would think this man, Saul, would be so self-secure. You would assume he would be confident and secure with who he is. But the challenge is, if you continue to compare yourself to other people all your life, that effect of comparison is it causes you to be less than what God had really created and God was destined you to be. When Saul, Samuel, we're gonna see in, in the book, Samuel comes to choose Saul to become the first king of Israel. And listen to how Saul responds when Samuel comes up and shares the news with him. Listen to Saul's self-perception, right? This is how he views himself, the most handsome man in all of Israel. First Samuel chapter nine. Now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people, Israel. He will rescue them from their Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. 
So Samuel comes up to Saul and says, Saul, you are gonna be the king, the first king of Israel. Now look at how Samuel, how Saul responds in chapter nine. Saul replied, but I am only of the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? I'm so insignificant. I, I'm, I'm not only insignificant, I'm the most insignificant of the most in, insignificant tribe. Not only that, I'm the most insignificant of the most insignificant family of the most insignificant tribe that we have. And we read that and we hear that and we say, man, that's Saul. Boy, he was a humble man. Can I propose to you this morning, it really wasn't true humility. It was actually pride, mask, and false humility. See, Saul's issue was not humility, it was insecurity. And rather than be grateful for who God had made him to be, we find Saul comparing himself to everyone around him. Now think about this. This is Saul, King Saul, handsome Saul, tallest dude in all Saul, had it all going on, and yet we know Saul compared himself and became insecure over a young man, potentially a teenage man, a person that had no status, person who was actually a shepherd. If you know the story, who am I talking about? It's David, right? Think about the, the contrast of that. First Samuel chapter 18, and Saul was jealous and did not trust David from that day on. So here we have Saul, as we pick up the story, his insecurities, his, his jealousy drives Saul even in an, and affects his entire reign. In fact, we know this, that it causes him not only to have not only God's blessing on his ministry and God's blessing on his reign during this time, this jealousy wells up so much in the life of Saul that at some point he actually tries to kill David and it mars his legacy. Can you imagine Saul? If he just would have come to a point of peace with who he was, peace in how God had uniquely made him, a peace that would have been able to celebrate others, so when David had a victory, Saul would have seen it as a victory to him. When people below him prospered, that Paul would have understood that he prospers because that. When others have victories below him, that he understands if he celebrates that, that actually brings victory into his life. But when you're not at peace with yourself, right, the accomplishments, the giftedness, and can I propose to you even today, the temperaments of other people become a threat. When you're looking around and always comparing yourself to other people, you miss out on really what God's best is for your life and God, what God wants for you for your life. And when we do that, the challenge is this. We stunt our growth and we stunt our potential and we become stuck in this world of comparison over and over. And I know this to be true. I know in my life, just, just like Saul's life, boy, I have had seasons that I have lived in a deficit. And I've lived in a deficit because of this comparison game to everyone around me. You ever had these feelings? Feelings like, again, I'm the least of the least, of the smallest of the smallest. You know, God, there are more gifted people. Uh, when I think of, of people who should lead and these kind of things, all different kinds of, of other people come to my mind because of my green temperament, right? I'm, I'm an introverted person. I, I tend to be passive. Uh, if I'm not careful, I'm held captive by the opinions and the desire to be approval of others. I have very little to offer, and oh God, choose somebody else. And when I think about those moments, how arrogant, what false humility, what an overvaluing of self those thoughts are. Since when did God, the creator of the universe, ever need my temperament or my giftedness to accomplish his glory? 
He spoke through donkeys. He can speak through preachers. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, but look, at when we get this false sense, it is, it's a sense of like, who are, who are we to think that God would even need this kind of giftedness to do whatever God, God didn't create you for your pleasure. He created you for his glory and his point of coming to peace with us. This is Moses' problem, right? Moses in the garden or is in the desert and God's calling him to say, listen, I want you to take the nation of Israel. I want you to lead them out of captivity. And Moses in this moment doesn't understand temperaments, but I bet you in this moment, Moses said, Lord, I wish I was a little bit more like a red because here's what he says, Exodus chapter four. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I've never been. I'm not now or even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. And the Lord said to Moses, Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you with what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. See, when you and I dismiss and devalue who God created you to be, then we sound an awful lot like Moses. Lord, Lord, I'm too much of this and, and I'm not enough of that. You made a mistake, right? I, God, I wish I was more introverted because I'm just loud and at times I say things I shouldn't say. Oh, Lord, I, I wish you would have made me better with people, but I tend to get consumed with tasks. Lord, just send somebody else. And the goal in this series is, again, to help you and I have a better understanding of our temperaments, to remind you that God didn't make your temperament by chance. God didn't create your strengths and your weaknesses within you just by happen chance. He created them for a purpose, and that is for his glory. See, God uniquely created Saul for the role that he had Saul to play. He uniquely created Moses for the role that Moses was to play. The challenge is, is their lack of self-awareness and their insecurity was a detriment, detriment to God's purpose and calling on their lives. So Saul never reigned in the full blessing of God on his life because of these insecurities. Moses never made it to the promised land, and part of the reason was he didn't understand the self-awareness of his weaknesses that he had. And friends, my fear for you and I is this, in 2020, if you don't fully embrace who God has uniquely created you to be, you will miss out on God's blessings in this next year. So here's what we're gonna do during this series. Uh, we're gonna join uh, Dr. Catherine Edelman, and uh, she's here on video, and uh, she's gonna introduce and uh, interview four people. And these four people are gonna represent the four temperaments, temperaments that are there. And I'm gonna go a little longer with them today because I want you to connect to these people because over the next few weeks, uh, you're gonna, we're gonna touch back with them each time. And so as you hear this, begin to ask, Lord, maybe what is my color and how you have uniquely made me? Check this out. So let's go around and tell a little bit about yourself. Me tell first. me, you, of course, you first. You okay. first. My name is Tony. I'm 26. Mm -hmm. I'm newly married and I have a little toddler. How old? She's three and a half. Three and She's a half. She's like four. I probably didn't say four now. Okay. Her name? Dylan. Dylan. Love that name. Strongwold Blessing. Okay. Strong. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know what it I know. is. I know. And why do you know? Um, so my youngest is three. Okay. And very strongwold. So. Yeah. Um, I'm Jeremy. I'm 40. I ha have been married for 15 years. I've got three kids, eight, five, and three. 
um, two boys and a girl. That's great. Tell me a little bit about you. I'm Leslie. It's none of your business what my age is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I have um, a husband. Okay. Uh, we've been married 30 years. I have five children. Wow. And have started the next chapter of mm -hmm. also having grandchildren. So I've got an 18-month-old grandson and a 15-month-old granddaughter. Andrew. Yeah, I'm Andrew, 25. Uh -huh. um, no, not married. Okay. No kids or grandkids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good news. Just me. <laughs> good. We're going to learn about temperaments. We're going to learn about your innate wiring from God. And what happens there is you have a core motivator. You have core um, unique gifts that he's given you. He's given you strengths and weaknesses. Just a, a little bit about the temperaments to start with, though. Two of you are extroverts. That does not... <laughs> that does not mean that we like to fight you around a lot of people. It means that your thoughts and emotions go outward, okay? Mm -hmm. These people have no filter. So they may say something, right? And then they may say something like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or they just needed to know, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to work on the extroverts to put a little bit thicker filter on. Then there's two of you who are introverts. Hence, thoughts and emotions go inward, okay? Wow. Processors. The, I happen to be one of these people that like to think things through before mm -hmm. I talk, right? There's people who talk before they think, and then there's people who think before they talk, okay? Then there's people who are people-oriented. They will pick a person to be with before they pick a task to do. Mm -hmm. Then there's task-oriented people. They will pick a task over a person. Sometimes people are even tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So as we're explaining that a little mm -hmm. bit, Sounding familiar on what you yeah, might I, be? <laughs> You're starting to feel yeah. a little bit of a connection or identity, right? Yeah. So, or maybe some anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. Yeah. Like I got called out just, yeah, so just a little bit. So you took the assessment. So this first step is acceptance. So Leslie's my choleric. She's the red. This person is motivated. Their desire is control and power. This person is strong. They're great delegators, they're dynamic leaders, they're quick in emergencies. The weaknesses, they can be a little bossy, intolerant or impatient, and maybe uh, speak with a tone. I do not resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about that a little more in depth. Andrew, my fellow melancholy blue. Yes. yes. We are motivated by perfection and order, right? And we think analytical, um, logically, creative, musical, artistic, we can remember the negatives. Mm -hmm. Be hypochondriacs. Judgment and criticism are kind of things we struggle with. Our very calm and kind phlegmatic green, this would be Jeremy. The green is motivated by calm and harmony. This is a kind, innate person that's great at listening and mediating. The weakness side avoids conflict doesn't like confrontation, no sense of urgency. So we're going to talk about that as well. The brightest the yellow for last, <laughs> my sanguine friend, right? People yeah. and fun, Woo. creative, inspiring, encouraging. May forget uh, names, may put your hand up to volunteer and forget to show up, right? maybe a little scatterbrained, but these are just high level, just ideas of what we're gonna talk about. And I would like you to read through your strengths, okay? I would love you to just tell me, Tony, what jumps out at you? 
When you're reading through those strengths, what what jumps out at you? Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but popular. Okay. That, um, that jumps out? Yeah, it just jumps out. Right and what there. does that mean to you? Um, has a lot of friends. Yeah. Like loves community and lots of people mm -hmm. all the time. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Just want to hang out. The hands out? Um, the lives in the moment. Yeah. My husband calls me a momenteer. I'm just like, I want to juice up <laughs> everything I can get out of this moment right now. And you um, usually like to do that with people. Yes. Yes. With that would make people. it just that much better, right? That's right. Okay. Um, emotional, expressive, and animated is a big one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, what I, what I know about your temperament, though, is when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, for the sanguine temperament, those strengths and weaknesses are very close together. Mm. So as we're going to move into the weaknesses, yeah. we'll see how close they are. But when you're talking about... Um, just being in the moment and doing that with people. What are you doing? How do you communicate with people? Um, definitely through words. Yeah. So I feel like I'm, it's like verbal. It's yeah. all verbal. Um, I love story. Mm -hmm. Like I want to talk about story. I want to yeah. know, I want to remember something unique about your story. I may not remember your name. <laughs> okay. But I'll remember your face and something about your story. Yeah. Tell me, Jeremy, tell me some of the strengths that jump out at you. I'm um, sure. So, I resonate with a lot of these generous, content, um, easygoing and relaxed leader, especially shepherd. That idea of tell me about shepherd. that. Tell me about what why 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 does that particular word jump out at you? Um, the the way that I like to lead people uh, is more of a shepherd, kind of guiding people, mm -hmm. you know, listening to uh, their strengths and where that could fit, and then encouraging that, guiding that, mm -hmm. um, leading them to be able to be in a place of passion. Yeah. Um, so I hope you're seeing, even as we're talking right now, that both of these two, even as they're explaining their strengths, they're explaining them and the word people comes up over and over, mm -hmm. right? And it's in everything they've kind of directed so far. Um, so quiet but witty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoy being called funny. Um, steady, even-tempered, patient, meteor, or mediator, negotiator, mm -hmm. friendly. Your idea of story and your idea of story both came up with people, but differently, right? Yours is a caring and a guidance way, and yours is to remember and to include and invite, right? To be, mm -hmm. I think you said about everybody to be your friend, right? <laughs> Andrew, did you have time to look through this? I, did. I purposely I appreciate gave you, giving you processing me time. time. <laughs> Definitely. For strengths, I kind of starred analytical, uh, works well alone, and creative. Okay. Were the three that really stood out to so me. So you put analytical and creative together, yeah. which I love. But you do that, how do you do that in your daily life? Sure. Are, are they together or are they separate? How are you um, doing that? I think that at the root of me it's together, but I separate them in tasks and what I do. Like okay. I have a financial analyst job okay. where I'm focused on a lot of that, but then right. I also do stand-up comedy, oh, <laughs> which okay. is more of the creative side. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of, some days I feel like I turn off my analytical brain and turn on the, the creative brain uh -huh. and kind of go back and forth. No, the works well alone, I think ties into that because I do like to, whether it's my job or the comedy stuff, I like to work alone and then present it once I've had time to think about it. Okay. So that kind of is part of both. Yeah, that is part of it. Where I prefer to decide what I think about something before I talk about it with other people so that yeah. I can be confident in what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, wonderful.
Leslie, my yeah. friend, what do you what, what do you see jumping off the the list of your strengths? Resourceful, pragmatic, and practical. I love Resourceful, that. pragmatic, mm -hmm. and practical. Persuasive, not easily discouraged. Mm -hmm. Can control emotions in emergencies. I am your girl. Yeah. If, something, if there is something going on that is a mess, I am your girl. And we're going to be even talking about that later as, as co following cholerics when there is an alarm Absolutely. or fire. Yeah. Do not do, start do not. giving me any of your ideas. Just follow <laughs> yeah. me. Just oh follow me. Stay, <laughs> stay low. No, we don't need any of your life. Right? We need none of your information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get it done. Articulate thoughts and ideas well. Wow. Um, and I'll tell you, I, a compulsive need for change. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell me about that. You know, that. what's next? So as things are marked off your box, yeah. you can just go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Wow. Persuasive. And that not easily. Not easily discouraged. Wow. And you said that with some passion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what does that mean? This, I won't stop. Mm -hmm. You know. So what's fascinating too is when we listen to Andrew and we listen to Leslie and their stories, really even you putting together your jokes was a task. Sure. Right? It was a task before you were willing to put your name on it. Right? Mm -hmm. Or feel comfortable enough to step out on the stage. And then also, when you're listening to Leslie, task. Yeah. You know, the people are absent. And when they describe, <laughs> yeah, absent. absent when they're that's describing. The yeah. yeah. That's part of the problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Does that start to give you maybe another little picture into maybe how God is uniquely wired? Here, here are the four big ones, right? So the yellow is extrovert, people orientated. The red's an extrovert, the task-orientated. Green is an introvert, people-orientated. Blue is an introverted, task-orientated in, in generalizations. Now, about you, I don't know about you, when I see these, these colors, my mind quickly goes to some amazing men and women who are each one of these, who are yellows, who are just the life of the party. There's so much fun to be around. Red, these strong leaders, decision makers. Blue, the self-discipline. And I, don't know you, I, I still, I see all these faces in these people in my mind, and if I'm not careful, the thing that rises up again in my heart is these insecurities, right? God, why didn't you make me more like that? Or why didn't I become more like this person and those kind of things? And that really is where I wanted to start today as we kind of close out our time and to be reminded, listen, until we get to the point of accepting who God has uniquely wired and made you to be, we're not gonna grow past that point. Until you get to the point of understanding this, that during these moments, I want this series to be really, really encouraging to you but I know this, how this is gonna work. If you're not careful, the enemy will begin to speak lies into your heart and into your mind over this very thing, how God has uniquely wired and made you. I know this to be true because listen, over 1,300 people have taken that assessment. That tells me some of you took it once, didn't like your results and wanted to take it another time, right? I know you're 800 of you, you are out there, why? Because I didn't really like what it looked like and I, I, ooh, I don't wanna be that, I wanted to take it again and do this other thing and listen. I, it's so fun. We're so weird people. We're just so messed up. Good thing we have Jesus. But if we're not careful, these lies begin to sink into our heads. It's one of the biggest conversations I've had in this last week. Pastor, I took this thing. I'm so depressed. Oh, I saw these things. It's unbelievable. It's, well, I want to even come to church, right? Because this is, this is just killing me. All right, so next week, I was gonna talk about the positive. Next week, we're gonna talk about the negative things so we can get that out of the way because some of y'all need to get off the ledge and just come on back because you're just like me and I get it. You hear these and it rises up these things within you. Let me just share with you my go-to. 
Because John 8 says this, the key to overcoming a lie is to replace it with the truth, right? John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So in my moments, when I wish I was a little more yellow and a lot more red and a lot more blue and all these kind of things, my go-to truth again is the truth of God's word in Psalms 139. And for some of you, this is what you need to hear today. Psalms 139 says this, you made all my delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the darkness of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. See, whether you are yellow or red or green or blue, God has uniquely made you. Before the beginning and the foundation of the earth, every day of your life was numbered and God had a plan and a purpose. And so he said, listen, not for your pleasure, but for my glory, I'm going to create you uniquely, you. And in this series, if we can embrace that truth, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, then we'll have the capacity to do what Ephesians 4 says. And it simply reminds us only what is helpful in building others up according to their needs because we are at peace with our needs, so we have the capacity to meet their needs that, in my, that it may benefit those who listen. But it begins with simply this. God, I may not have chose it, and it may not have been my preference, but I know you made me for your glory and for your purpose. So help me to not only accept it, but embrace it. And over the context of this series, we're gonna show you how you can leverage that unique giftedness. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this simple, but profound and life-changing truth that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. So God, this week, when the enemy wants to speak some lies and untruths and bring guilt and shame and negativity where you had never created it to be, may we just remind him again of the truth of one, Psalms 139. So God, we love you. We ask during this series that your spirit would move in our hearts, that we would have the courage to do the work, that we can be the men and women who you've created us to be, that we can be men and women in a, neg in a culture, in a time of such negativity and discouragement. May we speak the words that people need to hear for their benefit. And we'll give you the glory for it. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. You can stay connected with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Lex City Church. Join us for next week's podcast and have a great week.